Thank you for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. Our mission is to create space for all people, to experience the compassionate love of the Father, and to discover the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today, recorded live inside the Wilson Performing Arts Auditorium at Platte County High School in Platte City, Missouri. Hey, listen up, everyone. Lean in a little bit. Next week, everybody say next week. We will not be here. Say that. Where are we going to be, Brady? That's a great question. Glad you asked me. We're going to be at Flat Ridge Park. Flat Ridge Park at the shelter area. There's a little pond there, shelter playground, right kind of across from the ball fields. If you don't know where Flat Ridge Park is, 371 Highway, just north of Platte City here. Um, if you hit 371, you go out on your left-hand side, you'll be able to find it. Google it. Couldn't say that 10 years ago, right? But Google it, you'll find it. 371. So one of the reasons why we're not going to be in there is because they're going to be replacing all of these lights. They're going to be LED lights. They're going to be, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be nice. It's going to be a benefit for us as a church. But it's going to take time for them to do that. So um, we will not be able to meet here next week. So we're going to have a picnic. So you probably wonder, what, what should we bring? Because you want to bring something to a picnic, right? Here's my thought. I love this idea of us just sharing everything together. So I want you to, like, what are you going to have for lunch that day? Uh, whatever it is. Meat, side, dessert, anything that you think you're going to have for lunch that day, bring it with you. We're going to put it on tables, and we're just going to share all right, so make sure you bring enough, not for everybody, but just bring enough for you. And if we all do that, there'll be plenty to go around, right? All right, so just bring what you're going to have for lunch. And uh, if you have any special dietary needs, obviously you can take care of yourself there. We will provide the drinks, and then we'll have uh, flat, flatware, plates, napkins, all that kind of stuff provided. All you got to do is bring the food. I hear there's going to be some fishing going on for the little ones. There'll be some fishing poles Steve Nichols is going to have out there so the kids can fish. Uh, we can't swim in the pond, by the way, so don't bring your swimming suit for that. But we're trying to figure out ways to have some water there because it's probably going to be a little warm. If you have a pop-up tent, you know, thing that provides shade, bring that so we can put some shade out. There is a shelter there, but not a, probably big enough for everybody to get under at one time. But anyway, it's going to be fun. Starts at 10:30. We'll have a few songs. Aaron, my friend Aaron, by the way, just wave your hand, Aaron. Aaron's going to be sharing his testimony. It's a powerful story. You don't want to miss that. Emily, come up real quick. Come on up here real quick. Um, while Emily is coming up, if you're a first through fifth grader and you're in here with us today, come on forward. First through fifth graders, come on up. I'm not going to make you jump off the stage today. All right, come on up here. Emily looks young enough. She could be in first through fifth grade. She's so sweet. All right, come on up. Welcome. How are you doing? Bless you. All right. See this lovely young lady right there? She's going to... Hang out with you guys today, so go on up for Miss Dawn. You guys have fun. And so, if you're new to the church, the second and third Sunday of every month, we uh, have a special time for first to fifth graders to go out. And uh, anyway, so Emily's up here because I want you to know that she, we need you to volunteer for Bible school. All right, it's going live. She's got a clipboard, she will track you down. All right, she's. She's sweet, but she's she's feisty. All right, so sign up. Listen, 
your whole family, just come and help out. It's one day. It's three hours. It's fun. We're going to have a professional balloon artist. The guy's incredible, and he needs your help with the recreation part of it. Just You don't have to be super athletic. Just be available, okay? Sunday, August the 5th, right after church, go grab yourself something to eat. Go to the YMCA. Be ready to rock and roll. It's going to be a good time. And we're, we're sending out 5,000, right, Trish? My, my wife's not in here. 5,000 cards this week to people all over our area. So kids are going to register. You need, need to be there to help. So see her after the service, okay? She'll sign you up. Great? All right, now you know what she looks like. No excuses. Don't walk by her without signing up. All right. Everyday people pray. Everyday people pray. And I want you to just be thinking right now, just I'm speaking, I'm going to be selfish. I want you to pray right now that the people that are looking at my house right now will buy it. <laughs> um, because uh, we need to, to get it. So we're not leaving the community. We're staying in this area, which then right after you pray for that, pray we can find a house to buy. All right. Otherwise, I'm moving into your basement. <laughs> I don't even care. We're moving in. As long as there's enough room for two people and two dogs, we're good, all right? My kids are up to figure out somewhere else to live. Um, but seriously, we've put a lot of work and a lot of heart and a lot of thought into this, and we're ready for a new season. We need something flat, all right? Flat. I'm not as young as I used to be. And um, something we can retire in and just live out the rest of our golden years here in Platt City. They'll be, just be praying for us. But everyday people pray. And so when I think about prayer, I immediately always think about this one particular passage of Scripture that gets quoted a lot, and I want to look at the context of it this morning. I think about 2 Chronicles 7.14. How many of you are familiar with that voice? 2 Chronicles 7.14, where it says, basically, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways or turn from their sin. It says, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal your land. And so they've used that prayer a lot, that particular passage for national days of prayer, for calls to revival and repentance in, in our um, land. And do you think there's a need for that in the culture that we live in? Yes. Amen. Such a huge need for it. There's a huge need for it in my own heart every single day. If my pastor Brady will humble himself and pray, you know, turn from his wicked ways and seek my face, then I will hear from you and I will heal your heart, heal your land, I will heal you. And so I, I thought about that particular passage of scripture. And so look in 2 Chronicles, turn to your Bible if you have one. We do have some Bibles out on the table out there if you um, want to. Keep score in your seat there. If you wanted to look at a passage of scripture, you can go grab one of those. I'm not exactly sure what the page number is. It's a little different in my Bible, I'm sure. But Second Chronicles, and it's the story because we're talking about stories. We're talking about we've used this again. The, the semicolon. The stories continue to be written. We'll get to an exclamation point at the end, and we're looking at uh, the story of. Of Solomon, David's son, Solomon. I know there was a Solomon that came and visited with us today, a little guy. The Solomon and um, 
Solomon was the one chosen by God to build a place of worship for God to reside, to build a temple. And so Solomon in 2 Chronicles, you'll see the building of the temple, the preparation, and then the dedication of it. Like it was done, and they were ready to celebrate. They were ready to, to dedicate the temple to welcome God's presence into that place. And you know, it's, it's funny that they, uh, it's not funny, it's just, to me it's kind of ironic that they did church back then, kind of the way we do church now. They started out with music. They worshiped. They sang songs. And listen what it says in 2 Chronicles. Uh, let's look at chapter 5. And we'll just start um, at verse 11. Now, so remember, I, I, I got here by thinking about that particular prayer, that, that 2 Chronicles 7, 14. And so I wanted to find the context of why God said that. And so if you want to find context, look, uh, um, look back and look forward from the passage of Scripture. It gives you an idea kind of why is it that he said that, what was going on at that particular time. And I always encourage you, don't just trust my word, but trust his word. And you've got to read it on your own. You've got to be in this on your own to, to grow and to develop in your faith. And so I, as I was looking at this, look at 2 Chronicles chapter 5. So they're, they're, they're getting ready to dedicate the temple and they worship together. They sang together. Now it says all the priests who were present had consecrated themselves regardless of their divisions. When the priests came out of the holy place, the Levitical singers dressed in fine linen and carrying cymbals, harps, and lyres were standing east of the altar. And with them were 120 priests blowing trumpets. Now, we had a little bit smaller band today. Uh, our worship leader's on his way back home right now. He'll be back next week. And, uh, but can you imagine? 120 trumpets. Quite a scene. The Levitical singers were descendants of Asaph, Herman, and Judithan, or, yeah, Judithan, and their sons and relatives. The trumpeters and singers joined together to praise and to thank the Lord with one voice. They raised their voices accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and musical instruments in praise to the Lord. And here's what they sang. For he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Can you say that? Repeat this after me. For he is good. No, you don't believe it. You know, come on. People are cheering louder for the royals, and they're terrible right now. Terrible. People are still cheering louder for them. All right. For he is good. His faithful love endures forever. The temple, the Lord's temple, was filled with a cloud. Now, this was the original cloud, not the iCloud. This was his cloud, all right? This was this cloud of his presence, and because the cloud, the priests were not able to continue ministering for the glory of the Lord filled God's temple. Would you want to see that happen in church someday? You've never seen that happen in church. Not in America, that I know of. Maybe not, in, definitely not in this church. Not yet. Listen, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I am more, I'm just being just vulnerable and transparent with you. Sometimes I'm more concerned about who shows up than him showing. 
And I'll just be honest with you, that's a terrible thing to Forgive me. Forgive me. Because it doesn't matter who shows up if he doesn't show up. Alright, I'm preaching now, alright? Preaching right now. If he doesn't show up, then what's the point, right? And if his presence filled this place where you couldn't even continue to sing, wouldn't that be amazing? Let's pray that would happen someday. So, this happens, and then Solomon said, the Lord said that he would dwell in total darkness, but I have built an exalted temple for you, a place for your residence forever. Hey, by the way, that temple doesn't exist anymore, but you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and he resides in you if you're a believer in Jesus. All right, just a real quick, just to know that you are the temple. Beautiful picture. We're going to skip forward just a little bit to Solomon's prayer. Okay, this is what led me, this 2 Chronicles 7.14 led me to Solomon's prayer. Chapter 6, verse 12, all right? I don't know if you have to turn a page, just look over to the, to the other side of the page. Some scholars would say that this prayer is a model prayer for worship. Model prayer for worship in the temple or worship in the church. And there's so much that we can glean and learn from this prayer. And hopefully I'll, I'll help you do that. Take out my phone so I know what time. Chapter 6, verse 12. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the entire congregation of Israel and spread out his hands. So you get a little bit of posture for prayer. For Solomon had made a bronze platform, seven and a half feet long, seven and a half feet wide, four and a half feet high, and put it in the court. He stood on it. He knelt down in front of the entire congregation of Israel, spread out his hands towards heaven, and this is what he prayed. So this, let this be a prayer today. We read this. Lord God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven or on earth who keeps his gracious covenant with your servants who walk before you with all of their heart. You have kept what you promised to your servant, my father David. You spoke directly to him and you fulfilled your promise by your power as it is today. He always has and he always will. And so who it is that you pray to is even so much obviously more important than how it is you pray. Because I met some people in other countries who pray to lots of different gods. And who it is that he prayed to matters. And he gives us a posture of prayer this morning. He says, therefore, God of Israel, keep what you have promised to your servant, my father David. You will never fail to have a man to sit before you on the throne of Israel. If only your sons guard their way to walk in my law as you have walked before me. That promise is true today. Remember, he always keeps his promises. There is a king who sits on the throne today in the line of David, and his name is Jesus. Jesus sits on the throne. He is the king. He is our king. Now, Lord of God, Lord God of Israel, please confirm what you have promised to your servant David. But will God live on earth with humans? 
Is God going to leave heaven and come just to reside in that one place, in that temple? Absolutely not, because God is everywhere. Everywhere. The same God that was in Peru is the same God that was with us here in this place. And the same God through Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, takes up residence in the temple called you to be your king. Even heaven, the highest heaven, cannot contain you, much less this temple that I have built. Listen. And this word listen is, have you ever had your parent, have you ever had your child take your face and turn it towards them so that you would listen to them because you're talking? Have you ever had that happen? Papa, Papa, Amelia, Papa, grab my face and turn it to me. Look at me when I'm talking to you, you know? And that's what it's talking about. It's like, God, listen, turn your ear to me, hear my prayer. It says, listen to your servant's prayer and his petition, Lord, my God, so that you may hear the cry and the prayer that your servant prays before you. So that your eyes watch over this temple day and night toward the place where you have said you would put your name. And so that you may hear the prayer of your servant, hear this prayer that I pray towards this place. Hear the petitions of your servant and your people Israel, which they pray towards this place. May you hear in your dwelling place in heaven. May you hear and forgive all of us. Need this. All of us need him to hear. And all of us need him to forgive. If a man sins against his neighbor and is forced to take it, take an oath, and he comes to take an oath before your altar in this temple, may you hear in heaven and act. May you, may you judge your service, condemning the wicked man by bringing what he has done on his own head and providing justice for the righteous by rewarding him according to his righteousness. This is a place where you can come and find justice. It's a double-edged sword, ladies and gentlemen, justice is. Because justice is when you get what you deserve. When you come before the Lord, it can be a scary place because you know the things that, that are not going right or the things that maybe I haven't done quite right. I know that I'm going to have to answer for those things. But I also know that, um, that there's, there is justice here on the other side of that too where God's going to give me what I deserve. He's going to bless me. He's going to uphold me when I've done the right thing even though nobody else around me has noticed. God's going to give you Justice. If your people Israel are defeated before an enemy because they have sinned against you and they return to you and praise your name and they pray and plead for mercy before you in his temple, may you hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel. May you restore them to the land you gave them and their ancestors. Repentance and grace is always available from God. Repentance is what we give him. Grace is what we get return. Now when the skies are shut and there is no rain because they have sinned against you and they pray towards this place and praise your name and they turn from their sins because you are afflicting them, may you hear in heaven and forgive the sin of your servants and your people Israel so that you may teach them the good way that they should walk in. May you send rain on your land that you gave your people for an inheritance. What is it that God wants you to learn today? He's wanting to teach you something. What is it that, he, that you need to learn from him? Through the difficult things, the things we suffer from because of our choices, 
It's a tough lesson to learn. All of us have plenty of examples of tough lessons to learn. God, remember, His grace is sufficient. When there is famine in the land, when there is pestilence, when there is blight or mildew or locust or grasshopper, when their enemies besiege them in the land and cities and where there is uh, any plague or illness, every prayer or petition that any person or that all your people Israel may have, they each know their own affliction and suffering. As they spread out their hands toward this temple, may you hear in heaven your dwelling place and may you... Forgive and give to everyone according to all their ways, since you know their heart, for you know you alone know the human heart, so that they may fear you and walk in your ways all the days that they live on the land that you gave our ancestors. Listen, he knows you personally today. Does that scare you? Does that comfort you? Both. They each know their own affliction and suffering. We all know our hearts. (laughs) Some of us have been vulnerable enough to let people into it and see our hearts. Some of us are still holding back. Some of us are, I don't really want people to know the whole story. Man, Aaron, my brother, is going to share his story next week. He's going to let you in to this dark place that he's walked through. And I pray you'll be encouraged by it. I pray that. Um, Aaron, that your health will be good this week, that you'll be sustained so that you will, the enemy won't try to take you out before next Sunday comes, so you can stand before him um, and speak. God knows you personally. He knows what you bring in to this place. Yet he still, still loves you. Even for the foreigner who is not of your people, Israel, but has come from a distant land because of your great name and your strong hand and outstretched arm. When he comes and prays towards his temple, may you hear in heaven in your dwelling place and do all the foreigner asks of you. Even people who are not like us, who are different than we are, who have had a different background, who have come from a foreign land maybe to this community, or they just were raised in a different church, or maybe they weren't raised in church at all, and they come. Listen, God hears them too. Like, I don't have some special place where God only hears my prayers and other people he doesn't hear. No matter where you're from or who you are, he hears you. And he responds, then all the peoples of the earth will know your name, to fear you as your people Israel do, and know that this temple I have built bears your name. When your people go out to fight against their enemies, wherever you send them, and they pray to you in the direction of the city you have chosen, the temple that I have built for your name, may you hear their prayer and petition in heaven and uphold their cause. What battle are you fighting today? What battle are you fighting? When they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin. That's Romans 3.23. And you are angry with them and hand them over to the enemy and their captors to depart or deport them to a distant or nearby country. And when they come to their senses in the land where they were deported and repent and petition you in their captor's land, saying, we have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked. And when they return to you with all their mind and all their heart in the land of their captivity, 
when they were taken captive and when they pray in the direction of their land that you gave their ancestors in the city you have chosen and toward the temple I have built for your name, may you hear their prayer, Christians in heaven, and your dwelling place and uphold their cause. May you forgive your people who sinned against you. God's grace towards you is relentless. Aren't you glad for that? You're glad that he does not give up on you? Is it true that he lets us suffer for our choices? Yes. He's a good parent. As every good parent should let their kids learn. God's grace is relentless. You see it. You see it in Solomon's prayer. You see it through the rest of God's word. So relentless that he's willing to send Christ to pay the ultimate price for your sin. That's how relentless he is. It says, now, my God, please let your eyes be open and your ears attentive to the prayer of this place. Now, therefore, arise, Lord. Arise, Lord God. Come to your resting place, you and your powerful ark. May your priests, Lord God, be clothed with salvation and may your faithful people rejoice in goodness. Lord God, do not reject your anointed one. Remember the promises to your servant David. And the prayer was over. Listen to what happened. Second Chronicles uh, chapter 7. When Solomon finished praying, fire descended from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The priests were not able to enter the Lord's temple because the glory of the Lord filled the temple of the Lord. All the Israelites were watching when the fire descended. And the glory of the Lord came on the temple. They bowed down on the pavement with their faces to the ground. They worship and they praise the Lord. All right, here we go. For he is good. Fire just fell from heaven, people. All right, here we go again. For he is good. For his faithful love. Endures sometimes. Endures <laughs> forever. Yes, thank you. Thanks for following along. And then it says they all offered sacrifices. Do you know what the sacrifice required today is? Thank goodness it's not 20-some thousand sheep or cows. That would create such a mess in here. Anthony would be days cleaning up the blood. It would be messy in here. You know what the sacrifice that is that is offered today, required of you and me? It's you and me. <laughs> we are to offer ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, it says in Romans chapter 12, right? That is the sacrifice to be offered in the temple, to be offered before the Lord. And that is us. That's what God requires. Okay, listen, there's no sacred place that you have to be in order to pray. Church is a great place to pray. I encourage you to do it often when you're here. But it's not the only place, right? Sacred place. Let me ask you this. Where's your favorite place to pray? This is my car. I love praying in my car. Eyes closed, go on, Jesus, take the wheel, let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, my insurance company would drop me like a bad habit. Um, but, it, but in my car, it's my favorite place. When I'm driving long distances, I get some great prayer, prayer time in. You know, just 
crying out to the Lord, talking like a crazy person. You know, just praying. What about you? What's your favorite place to play? Jeff? Favorite place to play? In your room. All right? Quiet place in your room. Stephanie? Work? That's what you're going to say? Yeah, sometimes, oh God, please help me. I'm at work. These people are driving me crazy. Help me make it one more day. A big, easy chair. How many of you fall asleep praying? Just to be honest, little me all the time. Not while I'm driving, of course. But at night, if I want to go to sleep, if I'm having trouble sleeping, I just start praying. Sometimes I pray for you. Yes, even you. What else? Teacher, where's your favorite place to pray? You have a little chair at home, little little. You may have any pr- a prayer room in your house. I know some people have like transformed particular rooms for like a prayer, like closet or whatever. Go in your closet and pray. It's claustrophobic in my closet, though. All the clothes are there. It's like it's not really a comfortable place to pray. Where at? Nature. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great place. A lot of any hunters, gatherers, fishers in the room. Yeah, like out there in the tree stand. That's where they like to pray. He hears you no matter where you are. There was a man, his name is William Cowper, who wrote um, several hymns. He was literally called the depressed hymn writer. And some of you who don't necessarily enjoy hymns, you're like, I know I'm depressed. That music's depressing. We are going to sing a hymn at the end of the service, by the way. It won't be depressing at all, though. He wrote this, he wrote these words, he penned these words, Jesus. Wherever your people meet, there behold your mercy seat. Wherever they seek you, you are found, and every place is hallowed ground. So no matter where you are, seeking his face, asking him to turn his face to you, it's a holy place. Because Christ presence is inside of you. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, it's holy no matter where you are, whether it's in a restaurant praying for the waiter or the waitress or um, in a hospital next to someone's bed at a graveside. Hey, listen, I I want to encourage you to do something. Right now, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to pray for the Bologna family. Their son Derek lost his battle. I think with some maybe alcohol and depression, just a dark place. Their family is grieving. He's a young man, probably late 20s, early 30s. He's gone. Just like that. So right now, close your eyes. Father, we... This is holy ground. We lift up this family to you that's hurting so bad right now in our community. Even if you don't know him, we lift them up to you, Lord, because you do know him. And we ask that you would be the Father of mercy and the God of all comfort for their family, especially his parents, Randy and Dixie. Wrap them in your arms, Lord. There's no words that we can speak that and bring comfort like prayer can. So we just ask for that right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Solomon asked 
the Lord's eyes to be open and his ears to be attentive in the temple. In the last few minutes that we have together, I want to do the same thing right here. I've been convicted over the last couple of weeks to not be specific enough about having times to, to pray. Pray for one another. You know what the, the most loving thing you can do for someone is to pray for them. Talk to God about them. Talk to God on their behalf, for them, with them. Because there is a great secret power in prayer. And that is to take God's promises to heart in faith and then boldly and reverently call upon him to fulfill those promises. A guy named David Guzik's commentary called Enduring Word. Those were his words. We believe that God hears our prayer and he answers our prayer. The first thing we have to do is pray that prayer. Pray a prayer. And so, okay, let's just do it like this. Time for the awkward end of the service moment. As I was praying through Solomon's prayer and talking about the battles and the, the things we need forgiveness for or whatever it is, if there's anything that God kind of highlighted to you today, kind of tapped you on the shoulder, yeah, that's you, because you know it happens all the time, whether you respond to it or not, that's up to you. Because it happens to me all the time when I'm listening to someone else preach. What I'm going to do with that? Don't do not merely listen to the word. So deceive yourself and do what it says. If there is a particular thing you need prayer for today, we're in church. That's what we're supposed to do. <laughs> we want to pray for you today. So listen. The only way that I know what it is is that you've got to you've got to let me know. Okay. All right. So. Do this. If you have a particular area where you need prayer for, I want you to stand up where you're at. I want you to say what it is. You don't have to like give us all the details, but just, man, I, I got a pain in my side that won't go away and I need prayer. And then some people who believe in God's promises and believe that prayer is powerful and that, that really want to exercise that faith and trust in that. Some of you are uncomfortable right now, but get over it. All right. Here we are. Just get over it. Yeah, you can make a quick exit to the door if you want to, but we'll all watch you leave. So stand up right where you're at. Said I got a particular need in this particular area, and the people around you, um, if you feel called to, I want you to go to that person, and I want you to just pray for them. Not everybody has to pray out loud, but if you want to pray out loud, you can. Okay, does that make sense? Okay, right. David, you want to come up and just play us something? You guys come up, we guys got a song we can Okay. Alright, so who's gonna go first? Strength in his marriage. Alright? Young married guy did I did his wedding in the Platte County River, by the way, without water. It was dry. But it was an incredible time. I've loved this young man for a really long time. God put him in my life a long time ago. So Brady's gonna come up. Anybody else? Great. Joe? Joe's knees. Joe's got a lot of pain in his knees. All right. So get up, Deb. Her health, just general health. She got some issues there. Okay. So if you are here and you think, 
We're people of prayer, right? Where God's living in us. Um, yes, ma'am. Ooh, to be more compassionate to other people. Yeah, okay, yeah. Anybody else needs some help being compassionate with their family? Oh, yeah, amen. Well, you might want to come and pray pray with her for her. Yes, ma'am. Barb, yeah. Mm. A lot of unrest in your family. Okay, some of you are very familiar with that, how that goes. All right, Michelle, stay standing up. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Health, too. All right, so lots of, lots of help. So listen, church, stand up and go to these people and pray, all right, right now. Yes, hold on, we got a gentleman. Yes. Parents. Patience, yeah, man. Any men, any other men need some patience in this room? <laughs> yeah, all right. And this brother, this is his first time in church, man. Way to go. Way to go, yeah. Tony, Tony, come up, pray with him. Uh, Brady's got a word. This is Pastor Brady, the other Pastor Brady. Brady told me that what we're going to be doing today, and he asked me to have maybe a couple scriptures on my heart. And he called me 38, and I said, I'm going to say, this isn't always the reason for sickness, but sometimes so as you're being prayed for, that you can really receive healing. And I'm just going to share this. Psalm 38 says, There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. There is no help in my bones because of my sin. My iniquities have gone over my head like a hidden bird. They are too heavy for me. All day long I go about mourning. I am ready to fall. I confess my iniquity. I charge on my sin. Make several of you that can get up and go and pray. Ask the person, once again, if you can't remember what they said, just ask them, hey, how can I specifically pray for you? Um, so let's just move about the way here. I'm going to go with this lady back here. Okay. 